Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, 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 thanks again for pressing play. And welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. This is live from Media Day, part two, where we're not live from Media Day, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a hat on, and you can probably hear me better, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I could hear you great. A bit of a hangover from today, but. I could hear you great when we were at Media Day, but apparently our, our listeners and our watchers <laughs> couldn't. So yeah. for those of you who are listening to the podcast, uh, you are getting all of this content brand new and unrecycled. For those of you who are watching, you might have noticed that we were live at Suns Media Day today, and we had some audio issues because you know we're just a low-level budget podcast, you know. And this is why you got to donate in the super chat and and help us out and get us some yeah. gear. You know, you next know? time though, next time we go, we'll be there. We'll have a table. We'll have the players come by. We'll be part of the whole like train they go on. You know, like the little. Well, you know how they were coming. And- you know, yeah, you know how they were coming out of the back because they're doing the photo shoots and everything. Yeah, we should we should have just brought a table and like set it up right there. And be like, hey, would you like to sit in with the Suns Jam Session podcast and done like a four hour podcast, I know, just I know. interviewing players, like uh, how Arizona Sports was off in the other corner and they were yeah. interviewing players afterwards. I like, love how like Dave King was like asking people, like, hey, where could they set up to do a podcast? And they're like, I don't, we don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I asked, trying to figure it out. I asked Dave, I'm like, hey, is there like a room we can go to to set up a podcast? And then, you know, of course, the Sun staff, uh, they were very nice and telling us, well, like, you really can't go up in the offices. Yeah. We should have hit up our homie who works in finance. But like, hey, man, can we come use your office for a podcast? Who's that? Uh, the guy who, uh, I forget his name. Oh, Forgive yeah, me. Our, yeah. Our Canadian friend. Yes, I apologize. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. You said I was thinking that he's accounting or what? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yes. All right. We should Next, time. Next time. Next time. So, so again, if you're listening to this podcast, welcome. Uh, Matthew and I were at Suns Media Day today, and we have plenty to talk about as it pertains to the experience there, what some of the quotes were, what some of the information that was put out there was, uh, and just what the overall experience was like. Again, we were live on our YouTube channel, and it just didn't turn out. Uh, from an audio standpoint, the way that anybody would want it to. So we wanted to come home, re-record, re-release this as a podcast so you feel as plugged in as possible. So thank you, as per usual, for joining the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John Voida. I'm the managing editor of BrightSideOfTheSun.com, as well as a co-host here on the Suns Jam Session podcast, along with Matthew Lissy. You can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. You can follow Matthew. And, of course, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, Zeal, TikTok, all the fun places. So... Uh, without further ado, Matthew, I forgot to even grab a beer to pop this one. It's just kind of one of those discombobulated days. So let's uh, let's talk about Media Day, huh? It was a fun experience down at the Footprint Center at the Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix, where you can find the Footprint Center. 
uh, a, a very different experience. You've heard me talk about it here on the Suns Jam Session, how last year kind of felt. Uh, and this one definitely felt very different. And, you know, it, it brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. So, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. What was your favorite part about Media Day today? I think just the whole experience excel- itself, but... um. My favorite part is just the enthusiasm, the excitement from the players and the coaches and the executives, the owner, all of it. Like everyone, it was just each player was just super excited to be there. I know you got to kind of put on a show, but I think after last year, it was just so disappointing how it was just doomsday over there. It was just a bad kind of juju in that warehouse, wherever you're at, actually, um, you know, for me today. But today, I think it was just it was a different atmosphere. Um my favorite part is actually getting to see all the different faces, all the different players. There's so many new ones. And, it, of course, they kept talking about, you know, uh, Akogi was saying, like, oh, I'm the veteran now or whatever because he's been there. Only This is his only second year. Um, so I think that was really awesome. It's such a great time to go for me. For my first time, your second time, just because of all the new faces, I get to see him in person. And to, like, have more confidence in this team, and especially Nurkic, just seeing him up there and how he just knows he's a good fit. So you feel a little bit better about that after seeing him talk about it for a few minutes. Yeah, it was a very different experience as compared to Suns Media Day 2022. And it almost shows you the difference in the ownership and the way that they want to present this organization. With Sarver, and he's being excommunicated from the league, they're they shove the media into this tiny little dentist office in a brick building at Jackson's on third across the street from the arena. Everybody's very stoic and it's kind of stale in there. And then this takes place in the main concourse at the footprint center. You walk in and there's the big, beautiful digital boards and it says sun's media day on it. And as the different players yeah. are coming up, it says it up there. And, and again, I think that the, uh, the way that the, the team is embracing that gradient, it just looks nice behind the players. You know, it's one thing that I notice when you look at a lot of the different media days throughout the uh, the NBA, a lot of them will have the logo with like a massive advertisement right behind it, you know, and here it's just like, no, Phoenix, that that's what we're about. And yeah. it, it was it was the little things that I noticed. And, you know, I, I, you and I both saw this. So we sat kind of off to the right, uh, which happened to be a great place because you got to see the players kind of coming up and you knew who was next and whatnot yeah. as everything that w- was kind of located behind. But one of the little things that I noticed, and I thought it was a very interesting uh, dichotomy of kind of who Matt Ishbia is as an owner, is when you first walked in, there was a high top, right? And that's a that's a table that's about you know three four feet tall, little high top round uh, with a high chair behind it. And that was that that's where they were going to have players sit and talk. And in stages, staging areas behind the main screen, they had those set up as well because there were other interviews being conducted by different media outlets and whatnot. But Matt Ishbia, we saw him come around the corner. He took a look at it. And he like whispered in someone's ear, and like four people started moving. And they put it. They took that down. They put a, a six foot table. They got a an iron, or they got a, they got a logoed apron, put it over the table, and then brought out a steam iron and started steaming it because you don't want wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if your championship yeah. aspirations are high, you don't want wrinkles on that table. And and we both saw that. And we both commented on it to each other because we're like, this is just one of those little intricacies that show how in tune. Matt Ishbia is with everything that's going on. He he's picking apart and constantly analyzing everything that's going on to how the team is being presented, uh, just sitting at a table. 
Yeah, you kind of saw like behind the scenes of how he actually looks and how he works and stuff. You know, you see the excitement in HBO when he's up there talking. Doesn't take a breath. I don't even. He keeps going and going and going. Right? He doesn't stop in between in between questions. He will listen. No. He'll, he'll go for like twenty minutes on a topic, and he does talk about how you know you get that feeling where every little thing matters with this organization up to that table and had the presentation. Uh, I love how he does how everything was out there in the concourse. I think it was well set up. Uh, the players, everything was kind of in the same vicinity. Like, it, it just looked beautiful. Um, I think um, that's important to him to just make sure that this team is, you know, looking good from that little tiny table. Because when I first walked in, I saw that. I was like, what is this? Are we having, like, martinis? Is this, like, sex in the city with that table up there? Like, these players going <laughs> to knock that shit over as soon as they sit down, man. Do and I have to be a Miranda? How does this work? Yeah, you can actually, if you like, if you follow Flex from Jersey, he he actually had a picture before anybody else really got there mm-hmm. of just the whole setup, and you can see that tiny table. Um, I, it's a big deal to us, and I'm glad he Clearly. took it down. Clearly, it's a it's a massive deal to us, and it's such a massive deal that I too, Matthew, took a picture of it when I first walked in. As you can see, that's what oh, we're talking there you go. about. Okay, uh, and, and you can see that was the table. And that's like where they were going to sit. And I know that we're spending way too much time talking about just a table, but again, intricacies, little things, and then obviously Matt Ishbia comes out uh, with his high energy. He's the first guy right out of the gate. How did you feel about what Matt was saying, especially considering, you know, Dwayne Rankin hit hit him right off the bat with the Aiton question? And what did you think of how he responded to that? Well, the response from him and even Josh coming up next, Mm -hmm. it was interesting because he said D.A. will put up great numbers, right? He said our team got better that day. Nurkic is a better fit. The better fit thing was always a thing with everybody. So it was probably before they went up, they're like, all right, just make sure he's a better fit, I guess. But it kind of just makes sense, right? It it just seems like I guess it's both ways. D.A. wanted the trade, and they needed to get rid of him. There was more D.A. comments from him and his media day. But the way Matt handled it, it's just like, we got better that day. The way it just felt was like, okay, these guys understood, like, D.A. was not going to help us win a championship. And when he said he will put up great numbers – I don't think that's a slide or anything, but that was just something where I was like, okay, so DA is focused on getting his numbers and getting his touches, right? They needed that center to just play his role in mm-hmm. Nurkic, and that's why they got better. That's why they got the backup. They got the the potential kind of of some guys that come off the bench and Grayson Allen and Nazir Little, but those two guys, of course, and Nurkic are probably not even combined better than what DA could be, but they knew like they needed that depth. And to say, like, for, for D.A. to go to Portland, they all wish him the best. They just knew that he was headed in a different direction. They just could not use that guy this year to win a championship. But they know that they got better. And everyone seemed confident in that, right? Yeah, it was clear that, you know, again, you hit some of the, the key quotes that Ishbia said that we got better. You know, and not to say that D.A. is a bad player, you know, but Nurkic might not put up the numbers, but we want him to play the role. And that was kind of a continual theme as we talked about a lot of the different uh, executives and and head coach and Frank Vogel who came up. And obviously that's a point of uh, recency and contention that a lot of Arizona and, and Phoenix Suns fans want to know kind of, well, what happened with D.A.? All of a sudden he's gone. And as you can t- as you delve into and you start to sift through a lot of the different quotes and and the reactions there there was no animosity there's no maliciousness there's no passive aggressive comments but if you read between the lines it's clear that deandre Ayton wanted out and i know that even he stated in his presser 
today that and he said uh the sun's gm the phoenix sun's gm he didn't call james jones by the name Correct. said the phoenix sun's gm Sorry, i went I, I went up to his office and you know he let me know that uh my my wishes have been met something along those lines that kind of indicate that you know he had requested a trade and you know he talks about changing the, na- the narrative being dominating and i mean i'm sure that you've seen the deandre press conference on his side versus what we saw today uh, it's the same old bullshit with DA. Same shit. Same shit, right? Yeah. As soon as I got to, uh, as soon as I got there today, my friend sent me the clip, and I watched as a part of it. I'm like, I'm so glad he's not here today because I'm just sick of. And you can hear DA the way he's actually presenting himself and just you know going all and out, <laughs> talking about like he has grit and stuff. And you know, mm-hmm. I hope to God he finds it right. But the fact that we've heard that before and we don't have to hear that again, that just. I'm so happy. Maybe that's why today was so great because it just felt like all day long, these, the players and coaches, they just kind of, it just seemed like we just forgot about it. It's over, right? We all just moved on a couple days ago. It doesn't even matter. This team's happy, but to hear those comments again, it just, it brings back the reasoning why I just kind of didn't want him here. No matter who we didn't, who we got back just Mm -hmm. because that focus would have been on him so much. I don't know if it would have been the biggest distraction, but for him to have those comments again and have to live up to it, that's a distraction of its own, I think. So good luck, Portland. I hope he does good. But those comments are the reason why I feel like I'm glad he kind of moved on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the closing of a chapter. And you can see and obviously you, you can see that the team is embracing Yusef Nurkic, talking about his skill set, talking about how he's going to be the ideal fit in this organization, Devin Booker mentioning that Yusuf has, is a better passer, not saying that he's a better passer than the DA, but he just stated that he is a quality passer. And that is all, you know, another reason why they're excited to play with him. So as, as you close the chapter on one, you're opening the book on another and, and that's expected. You're not going to have anybody come into media day and you go, Hey, so tell me about DeAndre. And they're like, well, we had to get rid of him because he wanted to go. And, you know, we got Nurkic, but I mean, we'll see how that works out. No, they're, they're embracing it. Uh, who Nurkic is and what he brings to the table, as well as he is excited to obviously come here, be a part of a a team that is competing. You know, one thing that we talk about a lot with Nurkic is uh, his availability is one of his challenges, mm-hmm. but also understand that he was on tanking teams, you know, and as James Jones had to navigate that transaction, you know, th- this is actually uh, – if the audio sucks, I'm sorry, but this is actually video I took of James Jones talking about the DA transaction. In return, that's going to, because Matt talked about fit. So can you just elaborate on that, on how you think the fit will be with Nurkic at center? I mean, Nurkic is going to be great for us. You know, his his skill set complements our best guys. And, and more importantly, he's he's ready to win. Um, he's, he's, he was, he's been in a situation the last few years where I, I, they're just playing to try to get to where we are. Um, but we're playing to win championships. And if you get a really good player who's motivated and you give them an opportunity to win a title, you see the best versions of those players. And so I know we talk about Nurk, but we also got Nasir. Uh, we targeted Grayson um, as someone who could help us. Uh, Keon, uh, all those guys collectively, they make us a better team. And so we make decisions that we know will make us better. And uh, when we see those opportunities, we go and attack it. So what's interesting there is he's not saying that DA doesn't want to compete or we didn't get the best version of DA while he was here, but I did kind of take it that way. That's, you know, when I went back and I was listening to, and I was thinking about what he said, I mean, just right there, he's like, you know, typically when you're competing for a championship, you're going to get the best version of those players. And I don't know if we always got the best version of DA here. 
because of because he would get in his own way because of the way that he would feel about not have being not not being engaged enough on offense or not being the focal point or things of that nature where again DA is going to Portland where he's he's flexing he's doing the you know I'm DeAndre and dominating you're getting a dominator all this all this shit and again well said is better than well or well done is better than well said that's always been the issue with Aiton so as we kind of turn the page on Aiton you know Yusuf Nurkic it was our first chance and opportunity to see him in front of the Suns faithful wearing number 20 coming out what were your what were your impressions when Nurkic came out Oh, I was ready. I was excited. I think other than him being just a huge monster, I love he the is a monster, he, dude. Uh, James Jones, a lot of them talked about how he, I think it was Vogel, mostly talked about how he's a great rebounder. He even backed that up to say, like, I'm a good defensive rebounder. He knows what he's good at, right? So he's going to know the opportunity he has on the court. Um, he knows what he's good at. He's going to go after that. He's going to make sure that he brings that to the team. And defensive rebounds, passing, he can do that, right? And it's not going to mm-hmm. be anything crazy. It's not going to be something that's like, oh, he – the stats, you know, who was it? Someone, one of them said like, um, DA stats are better, of course, than, yeah. than Nurkic, but his role is going to play. It's going to make more sense on this team. Um, so, of course, the injuries, whatever. But I think that the fact that he came out today, um, and he he had those like gun comments at the end, show like his seriousness and uh, yeah. another side of basketball, um, other than basketball, that was kind of cool to hear. Um. But overall, man, I think there was such a question with him coming to this team, and no one was really happy. No one really wanted the trade. Even me, who didn't want eight on the team, was like, I didn't think that the Suns won that trade, right? But mm-hmm. now that you see it, now that everyone's there, now that you see that he's pumped up, and that was one thing from Portland where it was like he had to be motivated to play. It's like, oh, it sounds like DA, but he doesn't come out in the presser and talk about, oh, I'm fucking, I'm going to be something that I'm not, right? He just says, like, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Yeah, and I'm ready to win a championship. He's excited to play with Kevin Durant. Like he's excited to play with these guys, and it's his first super team. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like stuff like that. So, like everybody else, he's excited to be here, and he wants to play. And it's not going to be you know a guy at the center where it's just like, what are you going to get from him? We know what we're going to get, and we know that he wants to play hard every night. I feel like. Yeah, there was a level of realism that I felt when Nurk was up there, and I, you know, we talked about it afterwards. Uh, on our first edition of our live from media day podcast that went horribly wrong due to audio issues. And I told you like Nurkic was one of the best interviews of the day, in my opinion, because of the level of realism that he displayed. He talked about how offensively this is going to be fun for him. It's going to be easy for him given the talent around him defensively. He understands that Frank Vogel is going to want him to be a rim protector and be a defensive uh, stalwart within the confines of who this team is. And, and they haven't practiced yet, and he knows there's a lot of pressure there, and he's excited to get in there, but he, you know, he stated that you know, we're going to be really good on offense, and you know, we, we have to learn how to play together on defense. And that's a challenge. You know, on defense with this team, they're going to have to understand positioning, and, and the frontline defenders are going to have to rely on Nurkic and his ability to close out and to rebound and, and to deter shots and to block shots uh, because – if they gamble on defense, they need to understand that he's going to have their back and they just don't have that chemistry yet. You know, that was a, another good question that a lot of different media outlets were asking was relative to chemistry and how long does it take to develop? And even KD's like, listen, I can't put a number on it. I can't put a day on it, but you, you know, you'll know, you'll know it when you see it. 
Yeah, and at least these guys are going to the training camp all together. I know it's a lot of mm-hmm. new guys, but they're going to have some time. And, you know, the prediction really is the beginning of the season. It's going to might take a month or two, maybe, for them to really get rolling and go on that 20-game win streak. But it's yeah. going to happen because you could tell just by even today and just the way that these guys will compete in training camp and in practice that they're going to they're going to get the best out of each other, right? They all have more to learn. They all have more of that want on the court and they all have to prove themselves. So today you can see that like they're ready to go out there and battle. Yeah. They're ready to battle. They came battle tested. what do you think of the new uniforms? And we, this first time we finally yeah. seen them on the yeah. players, you know, we've seen, yeah. seen, seen them on, 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 on tape uh, or on, on 2k. And we've seen the pictures, yeah. but I mean, all of a sudden Devin Booker came around the corner and there you saw him on a player for the first time. Matthew, reactions? It's good. It's good. Um, in person, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. You got those the double-stitched. Um, of course, you know, yes. on player just looks a ton better. And then you go back, and I was watching, like, even KD interview and stuff. I'm like, oh, they don't look as good on video. Like, it's just in person <laughs> looks much better. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, he was just doing, like, a quick interview or whatever. And he was, like, uh, you know, hitting a bowl ball, and they were talking or whatever. Like, they just still don't look as good on TV or else if you're on YouTube watching. But in person, man, they're awesome. I think they're 100% better in person. Yeah, they were very, very crisp is the best way yes. that I could describe them. Uh, you know, there's a picture we just pulled up of Devin Booker rocking it. Uh, I mean, I think, I think they look great. And obviously when Devin Booker comes out, he's wearing the chucks. Uh, he's just got this vibe around him and it's different you yeah. know, with every player that came out. Like obviously Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. We'll talk about him momentarily, but Devin Booker, when he came out, he carries himself a certain way. Uh, physically, he just looks like a dominant, a dominating guard in the NBA uh, looking fit, look, looking a little swole, I would say. Now, again, maybe we haven't seen him in about four months, and he's always wearing baggy shit, so mm-hmm. he maybe he's not as – maybe he's just as swole as he was before, but I, I felt he looked, he looked a little beefed up, man. Yeah, see, I didn't notice that as much, um, but, I mean, when he, like you said, when he walks in, it's like, oh, dude, like all the attention, all the eyes, everyone's just following him around. Uh, he's running back to say hi to Tom and Tom. They're like, no, Devin Book this way. It's like <laughs> he's the guy, you know, This he is Mr – Mr. Phoenix, Mr. Suns, whatever. He's the guy that pretty much runs this place. And the best part is, like, he is kind of like Ishbi in a way where he just goes up to everybody, you know, hey, how you doing? Hey, long time never see all that stuff behind the scenes. He makes sure that everyone feels welcome. Uh, he goes up there. He as he answers the questions pretty honest, I feel like. Yeah. And he has a good time with it. His sense of humor, too, is something that's really great. He had a few comments, um, you know, um, it all started back in 1996 or when someone asked him. Um, yeah, about, yeah, like, so, yeah. Somebody he, like, "Have you arrived?" He's yeah, like, have you arrived? arrived in 96. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ruin that, but yeah, it's all over Twitter. Uh, so he always has those one, one or two really good quotes, and to come out the gate, you can just tell he's super excited about this season. I mean, clearly, you can tell by this picture that I'm just <laughs> enamored with the fact that Devin Booker's walking You're by. About the backhand, Dave King, right there. That's what uh, it looks like. Dave, Dave, Devin, stop talking to me. I'm just fat, happy that Devin Booker and I are in the same picture together, man. Like. That that thing's gonna go. He uh, looks like he's scared of you. Yeah, well, I mean, look at me. I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like right behind you. Like we're like yeah, in, we're like one. That's yeah, you can't right even see. You. Like Ma- Matthew's got his phone my out bald right, head. right right over my shoulder. Yeah, um, my yeah, hunchback. I mean, you see my back. <laughs> Perfect yeah. outline. Nice. Um, you know, I did like the fact that Devin Booker spoke with confidence, uh, as well he should, as well as we all expect. Um, but again, I think that him talking about potentially playing for the Olympic team. That was a common theme. The, the media outlet from the AP press was asking that question of both him, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. They all said, you know, like Devin Booker said, I'll do it. 
uh, Kevin yeah. Durant said, I am playing in the Olympics. And, you know, Bradley Beal's like, well, if they asked me, like, I'd be really yeah, excited they to asked do so. Me. It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, what did you think up. when uh, when Kevin Durant came out? Oh, dude. Intimidating as all hell. Yes. The thing is, like, when he's on Twitter and shit, and he he just seemed different today. Even in the interviews after, he just seems more confident, more collected. I think maybe just being here for a half a year, and now he's coming to training camp, he's more comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is. I mean, that glare he has, um, it's, it's intense. And when you see him coming around the corner, it's just something different, right? Between him and like Eubanks, there's just something different. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's a superstar, just a little bit different. He's a superstar. He's a guy that's uh, fucking seven feet tall. And he has the same kind of presence as Devin Booker, right? Those two, when they come out, Bradley Beal, you can kind of feel like, oh, he's kind of cooler. Like he just seems more laid back. But those guys just bring so much more attention. And when he comes out, he's his, he likes to he likes to have fun kind of, but he's very serious now, right? With the media, he likes to take things a little bit too serious sometimes, Mm -hmm. but he has a lot on the line now coming into Phoenix and he has a lot of, you know, potential here with winning a championship. So there's a lot on his shoulders. So you can just tell in the interview to me, I just felt like he's just, he's all about business right now. I know today was a fun day, media day, but that's just what I got. Maybe that's the way he always looks at the media, but that glare, dude, if I had to ask him a question, I probably would have, queef like right oh yeah there it is right there yeah <laughs> i would have pooped my pants but yeah he was looking so what's funny is john and i were sitting right next to each other but there's a chair between us and there was a reporter and the dave king on the other side but the reporter was behind us so yeah. every time he would answer they were like looking right at me too like yeah. oh shit <laughs> it's like don't pick your nose don't pick yeah, your no. nose don't and fart. i will say i will say this jamsters obviously you know this is matt's uh matthew's first media day it's my second one uh i've asked a total of one question in two media days now and we'll get to that momentarily just because it's intimidating as fuck at least especially for me i'm new to this uh you have a lot of national guys you got a lot of local guys who are very tenured and very just cool calm collected doing this and you know i'm a podcaster and a and a writer so i'm used to i'm just not used to that format and don't get me wrong like in my personal life i interview people all the time i'm a talker clearly uh but i haven't found like my stride yet and that's one thing i'm really looking forward to in this 2023 2024 season having more yeah. accessibility to the team going to the post game press conferences and developing my voice if you will as i start to interview these players uh because it is nerve-wracking when you got kevin durant staring down the barrel at you and, you're, and you know that like if you're wrong he'll 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 you correct you up. and he, he like somebody's like you've been in the year for the the nba for 15 years he's like 16 like right away yeah and then the guy was kind of an he's like yeah well you know if you don't count injury it's like whoa dick don't do that it's kevin fucking durant man you know who he is damn dude yeah you, know? you can't fuck up but uh but kevin you know i i get what you're saying at the same time like i feel like kevin's always had that relationship with the media his view on the people who are asking those questions is when he looks at somebody like me he's like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about dude look at you like you couldn't have the, the slightest idea yeah what basketball truly is from a player standpoint I, but I, I think, though, with him, like, he likes – he loves <clears> – <throat> he is such a nerd about that. Like, he loves basketball. And I think with him, as long as you know your stuff and you ask him a good question, he's fine. 100%. Like he said, if he fucks up, then he'll let you know. But he enjoys the conversation, I feel like. You know what I mean? He doesn't like to hate so much. Obviously, mm-hmm. no one does, but he'll call you out on it. But I think he genuinely, genuinely likes just talk ball. And that's what I got. You know, it seems intimidating, but then he'll answer it and be like, you know what? Yeah, this, this, and that. Um, you know, he knows this shit as long as you know your shit, everything's cool. Yeah, and that's the key is sometimes I feel like I know my shit. And then I go in there and I, I feel like I don't know my shit. But I don't want to ask like a stupid question. It's like, tell me about a time when you work together as a member of a team to get through a tough situation. Like you're interviewing somebody <laughs> to, for a job. Like I just yeah. default to like those questions. So 
Uh, I did want to talk about Bradley Beal for a little bit. You know, Bradley okay. Beal obviously really excited coming to the Valley. Uh, he's talks about how, you know, hot it is and how it's, it's finally cooling down a little bit and what the transition has been like for him, you know, but he's somebody who, you know, again, I really think that this is low key, a very, very, very important aspect of the Phoenix Suns. Cause obviously he's going to have a lot, the majority of the playmaking, uh, duties on this team and he's also somebody who like he's gonna be the third best player on this team and he's an elite scorer and i feel like because the transaction for bradley beal happened on in the middle of june and everything that's been happening with dame and drew holidays now in boston and and everything that's going on like yeah. people have really they're i feel like they're kind of sleeping on the suns oh yeah and they're sleeping on bradley beal and who he's gonna be yeah they they definitely are um the thing is with beal it's it's kind of good that this is happening, but a guy that's been in Washington his whole life, even talking about the move today and moving all that stuff, he's been there, what, 11 years, he said? Yeah. Or something crazy. Um, He's ready for the next opportunity, but it's such an adjustment for him, right? Mm-hmm. He's definitely a guy that's going to be unselfish with the ball, but it's under the radar, which is nice. I like that. Me too. There's a lot of expectations from Booker and KD, and especially KD now to really get things done here in Phoenix and win us a championship. But Bill, like... I love the fact that we have one of our guys that you can call superstars, stars, whatever, but he's a guy that's always been under the radar his whole career in Washington, but now the expectations are so high. There's not really expectations for him as much. I think the biggest thing is handling the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like who's going to play point guard, all that shit. But other than that, man, I think what, what, what he's going to bring this team is going to be phenomenal. And that's great because we're going to, as soon as the season starts, like, holy shit, this is Bradley Beal? Because I feel like we're going to all be saying that because you haven't seen it on a winning team yet. Yes, and you, and as Suns fans, I don't know how many of you have League Pass A. I don't know how many of you are too, were tuning into Washington Wizards broadcast to watch Bradley Beal Never. play because he's duplicitous to Devin Booker. You're like, well, why would I watch him or his team? Be, uh, unless you were sitting there scouting Kyle Kuzma last year, you're probably not as in tune with Bradley Beal's game as – as you should be or, or what we're prepared for. If you go and you just watch some highlights from last year. And what I recommend is, is don't just look for the highlights. Cause obviously that's the best version of see if you can find one where it's just got a lot of game footage and go back and just watch how he operates on the court. And, and he's got that killer mentality. And he too knows that and referenced that today on media day that he is, he obviously has a, a big responsibility upon him, but he stated it himself. He's not, he's like, I've never been part of a team this good. Like, this is unbelievable what this team is. And I'm just trying to take it all in stride and be humble. And when somebody asked him what yeah. his goal, goals were, he's like, I'm just going to keep those close to the chest this year. He's like, I generally come out and I say, well, my goals. And, you know, this year I'm just going to kind of keep it close to the chest and roll with it that way. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The, the coolest thing was like he admitted to like he not a big fan of change. Yeah, and that was always the thing with Bradley Beal where he was like he had the opportunity to go other places, but he always took the money and stay with Washington. Mm-hmm. But that was like one thing I'm like, oh, OK, so you are like afraid of any kind of change. And it probably took a lot for you to come here to Phoenix and to have the eyes on you now. 
Um, so I just thought that was kind of cool because usually guys don't admit that shit. I don't yeah. feel like, but yeah, I made a change. You know, it was the best but, for my family and stuff like but that. But to that point, that like that's what made this media day so fun. Uh, I, again, like the thing you have to realize for us jamsters to anyone who's watching or listening, like we are truly fans going into this. And it's funny, like I wrote a piece for Brightside talking about it. And I sit back and I look at it and I read it. And, I, and I'm talking about the experience and some of the stories that I've already shared here on the pod. But at the end of the day, like that's who I am. Like I'm not a media guy. I'm not doing this for a living. I'm doing this for fun. It just so happens that, you know, our, our podcast and you, the listener and the watcher, have supported us enough to where uh, we've got some attention from some people. It's not much. It's probably not even respected. But we have some attention. You know, Brightside is a, is, is a great uh, conduit for – uh, providing us in, uh, some access to the team. But at the end of the day, like this isn't what I'm I'm doing for a living. So I'm going into it with this lens of just like looking around as you would the listener or the watcher and just absorbing it through those eyes. You know, I was sitting there, I was talking to uh, one media outlet and he was talking about, you know, all the different stuff that he covers and, you know, the seating and this and that. And I'm like, that's cool. I can't relate to that. Cause like, that's not my life. That's your life. That's like you coming to my job and me breaking down exactly how Alto Sham ovens work and the best way to expedite a line in a restaurant. Like it's boring to some, but like for me, it's like, it's, it's my life and it's what I'm into. So as, as you talk about Bradley Beal and his candidness, I think that that's something that was very enjoyable about this media day, especially for my only other comparison being last year where it was like a funeral. This was an environment that allowed these players to be a little bit more candid. And as the, as the day progressed and we got further down the line and the people started leaving the big, you know, up oh, there goes uh, the athletic and there goes, you know, uh, uh, burn city sports and what have you. There was a lot of really good candid conversations. Like Josh Kogi was a great interview. Um, I, I thought that he was absolutely, oh, I mean, yeah. he, he was talking about all kinds of things that he's, that he's done for his local community where he grew up uh, and, and what it was like to be, the guy who eventually you got to realize so many different transactions occurred and the team was kind of built around him. And, and then he decided to sign back on with Phoenix and he joked how everybody's just like, you know what? Uh, this is kind of funny because now I'm the old vet on the team because I've been on the roster, you know, I'm like the third longest tenured Phoenix son. So it's just, it, it was this interesting and special experience uh, where the Phoenix Suns kind of came together and, and they were in an environment that allowed them to be candid, where I felt like last year, the only guy who really did that was like Cam Johnson. Everybody else was just kind of very guarded, very to the point, and just kind of just wanted to get the fuck out of that tiny room. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was so much pressure just to get out of there. Um, Yeah, you kind of see they were more relaxed Um, before. Like, they were always, like, up on the table like this. But Book and Katie were kind of just relaxed with the mic. You know, I think there was a big difference there. Um, but Kogi was, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Even before, like, he came up, he was, uh, you know, he was obviously when they're coming on, they, like, were right next to us. And mm-hmm. um, he was having fun with. Um, yeah, Chimetsu Metu. Metu, right before. Yeah, because Metu Cause was, was talking, talking about Josh. About, yeah. yeah. Um, so you could tell, like, they, he even talked about they hang out and stuff. Um, but Kogi, I think he just brings just kind of this it's kind of like the good parts of DA kind of energy. Cause he's even talked about how him and DA would hang out and stuff yeah. like on and off the court. They were really close. Um, so he has that, but he also has the actual like presence on the court. That's going to make a difference in big situations and stuff. So I, I was interested to hear a lot of what he was going to say today. And I was going to ask, I, of course I wasn't going to ask a question, but I wanted to hear what he worked on. And someone did ask, um, 
you know, what are you looking to improve on? He seemed to make the right plays. I was just hoping yeah. he would say, oh, I improved my three-point shot from the corner. <laughs> you know, I just wanted him to say that to make me feel better, but he didn't. He went the other way. He's like, I'm going to make the winning plays or whatever. So Yeah, he wanted to be oh, like Jokic, who never makes the wrong play. So that's kind yeah. of his, his goal. And he talked about the importance of defense and how exciting – it's going to be to play in the off or the defensive schemes that uh, Frank Vogel has. So uh, one guy uh, who does have a new drop here on the Suns Jam Session podcast, who I asked a question of, Kata Bates Diop. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with KBD? So I did pop my cherry. I did talk to, I did ask a question. And it's funny because I was going to ask uh Kata Bates Diop a question about playing for Greg Popovich for the past three seasons and, and what that was like. And then literally like they give me the news I'm next up or they give me the, they give me the mic I'm next up. And the guy right before me asked the same question. I'm like, Oh shit. I turned it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got to make something up now. And, you know, I just asked, you know, kind of what is it like to go from uh, a team that wasn't contending to a team that is contending? What's that transition like for you as a player? Uh, but I do, I, I did enjoy Kata Bates Diop coming out. And I, I think that, his philosophy, his his look, his, his willingness, the reasons why he chose to come to Phoenix for an opportunity to compete uh, for a team that is going to have such championship aspirations. I thought it was very valuable, and I think that he's going to be somebody who's going to be very valuable for this team moving forward. I think so, too. And like even seeing his size, when he did come up, it kind of looked like um, he kind of was like Brandon Ingram-ish a little bit. I mean, a little, bit. A little bit smaller, but just the lankiness, the, the I don't know, he's kind of you know broad, of course. But he just kind of reminded me of him, obviously, in a totally different game. But the defensive presence he's going to bring to this team and how excited he seemed to bring that. And you even heard it from a Kogi playing defense. But a lot of these guys are just so focused defensively and have a guy that, that could be in the starting lineup as that kind of defender to make big plays and big games. As I said this three hours ago, exactly the same way. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hear me, so you don't know. Or maybe you did. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll just overdub it or whatever. um but yeah yeah. no he seems excited he's ready for the next you know big move in his career he's ready to play for a winning team he's excited for the opportunity um you know that's all cliche but it's it's legit like he's learned a lot from san antonio and he's ready to bring it here to phoenix yeah i'm excited to see what he brings and and obviously he's somebody who's going to be competing for that fifth spot uh and and could make a a a big impact on this team and i'll think i think it'll be interesting to see kind of how frank vogel navigates both he and Josh Kogi, because those kind of seem like the prime candidates for that fifth overall starter. Uh, another guy who's got a new drop. Um, let's try this out. Tell us what you think in the chat. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. I think it's funny. Uh, I like it. I love it. Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy, came out and he was very candid. You know, you, you he came out. He he had to answer the question right off the bat <laughs> about his physicality and and you know what he, he he's been called a dirty player. And he's like, listen, I've answered this question a hundred day a hundred different ways, a hundred different times. You know, a lot of what I did as uh, goes back to Duke, and I was a very immature uh, player when I was there. Ninety nine percent of uh of everything that's happened and the reputation that i've uh-huh. developed is from duke uh you know there was an incident last year obviously referencing the alex caruso hard foul that ultimately hurt alex caruso for quite some time you know but i think that you know he came out very guarded and again there was a question about kind of who he models his play after 
and he just he then he went on just kind of like a fanboy uh dissertation about loving Dwayne Wade and again you you got to see that spark of who this player is and what his passion is and I think that he is uh he's somebody who is definitely a valuable member of this team and and both James Jones, Frank Vogel, uh Josh Bartlestein, Matt Ishbia, they were all talking about how how Grayson Allen is was definitely like a, a must have as part of that transaction with DeAndre Ayton for what he's going to bring to this team. What were your impressions of Grayson Allen? Oh, he reminds me of like uh, my neighbor's dad or something. You know, it does take me fishing. Like, doesn't he have that dad vibe? He totally does. Intense, <laughs> intense, like, um, just a, a anger. Like, don't, he's like, he don't fuck up my tackle box. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, that's exactly I like. Can see it. Yes, I, I, you know, he was in the Marines or something. Like he, uh, he, he definitely has like kind of like an attitude. It's not. A, I don't know what it is, man. It's just kind of like just kind of an aggression. Like you don't want to fuck the fuck with this guy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you can feel it just being next to him. Um, you know, having to go through that, all those questions again, you know, it's it's Every something time. that he's gonna always have to answer. But the Dwayne Wade thing was cool. I think that, you know, like I said earlier, there was never I never had it any kind of I never thought he modeled his game after Dwayne Wade, but because he, he's just a shooter, right? But yeah. he was kind of more like that in college a driver. But um He's it's gonna be interesting because I think there's not really a whole lot of expectations with this guy, but he can come in here and make an impact because there's so many spots right now that you know it's hard for these guys, they're already filled, right? I feel like kind of uh he's kind of last on the list, I feel like in some ways, but he's the one dude that I feel like can jump the line and find his way into this rotation. And he talks about Vogel too, and how he likes the fact that Vogel is a coach that will let these players play their game. And he mm-hmm. talked he talked about the last four years, he played four different ways. And it just wasn't really his game. So let's see. Like, that's kind of exciting because you never think about that. You think of a player like, this is how he plays, right? This is his game, but it's mostly controlled by the coach, I guess, right? That's always, that's a thing. Well, so, <laughs> I know it's stupid, but you don't really, I don't ever think about that. So it, he seems excited to have Vogel as his coach and give him opportunity to play his kind of game. I felt like he's a little shell-shocked. He's like, I've only been here for three days, guys. Like, I don't even know what the fuck he, is happening. He looked like you know? he was just like, fuck. Like, yeah, unless he always yeah. looks like that, he Maybe might he just does. be that way. Maybe he does, man. He just looks like your neighbor's dad who just got done with a fishing trip. He's like, fuck, man, now I got to fucking clean the boat. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. But again, he was referencing Coach K. Where, you know, four years at Duke, four different styles of play, which ultimately has allowed him to be a versatile player and continue his NBA career in the manner that he has. And he also mentioned how he's played with a lot of really good players. He played with Tatum in college. He played with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's played uh, just with with a plethora of, of great players, and he knows how to complement those skills. And he even said, he's like, that's why I'm still in the NBA, because I've understood what my skills are. Uh, primarily shooting in defense, you know, even though we know it's he's a little rough around the edges, and that's that that competitive nature is something that's going to keep him uh, sharp and keep him in the games, if you will. Obviously, not with any intent to hurt anybody, but definitely, you know, you're going to think twice when Grayson Allen's out there on the court, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I'm like, I feel like he's just that way in person, maybe. I mean, because it comes out on the court, he's competitive, he has to be like, he has to be scrappy. He said he's not a superstar, so he has a Find his yep. way somewhere else. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Another guy that we didn't talk about right afterwards, but I did want to talk a little bit about from Indiana University, number twenty-three, Eric Gordon. When Eric Gordon came out, I just felt like there was a level of maturity there, which does, which is obvious. He's like thirty-three years old, thirty-two, thirty-three, somewhere in there. 
but just very, very um, focused, very understanding of the situation that he's in yeah. and, and very tenured as a player. And as, as you saw a lot of these players, we talked about, you know, Chimetsi Metu, we'll talk a little bit about Yuta Watanabe and Bo Bol here in a bit. Uh, when you talk about Keita Bates, the op and you know, Drew Eubanks, a lot of guys who they've been in the league. The majority of the guys who've been in the league on this team are, have been in for like six years. And to, to have Gordon on top of that, that level of maturity, I really feel like it's going to take this team to the next level. And it kind of sounded like he believes that as well. Yeah, he's just like short to the answer. I feel like um, he kind of just knows his role now. Um, he is, uh, I don't know, like he he was, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's nervous or whatever, but he just seemed kind of like different from what I thought he might have been. Me too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen other interviews with him and it seemed like a different dude or something. I don't know what it was because he, he's been on the Rockets for forever, it feels like, and he's just been on shitty teams. And of course, the Clippers last year, whatever, but. I think he finally like just feels kind of accepted and just like he's going to be put in a place where he knows the fans are super excited to have him. Mm-hmm. Like like we always talk about the way when we added Gordon, where we're super excited. We're like, okay, that completes everything. And he's finally knows he's like, okay, I'm that guy. I'm going to be relied on a lot. But he's just very businesslike. Like he said, like a mature dude. He's just like, all right, let's get it going. I don't, I don't know. It was just different from what I thought he might have been. Yeah, me as well. Me too as well, as Matthew would say. Yeah, me too uh, as well. <laughs> you know, me, me too as well. I just, I impressed again with him, um, but somebody who I definitely think is going to be a, a linchpin for the success of this team because good, bad, or indifferent, injuries are going to happen. I mean, Damian Lee yeah. is already injured. He has a meniscus injury. And he wasn't uh, the, there, right? No, they didn't, he didn't okay. come out today. Uh, Frank Vogel, when asked about the injury, didn't give any insight whatsoever. He was very political in his answer. He's just like, hey, we put a statement out. That's it. You know, so uh, and meniscus injuries typically are about a four to six week injury unless they require surgery. Then it becomes a three to six monther. And, I, you know, if, if you go back and you think of Kelly Oubre Jr., that's ultimately the injury that ended his time here with us in Phoenix, uh, injured his meniscus in January or February of 2020. Obviously, the pandemic happened and he never played in the bubble again with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but it didn't stop him from walking around with a white pony and a, and a, and a rhinestone covered jacket and looking absolutely fabulous as he debuted the jerseys that would become the Valley boys. And then we shipped him out to Oklahoma city. Um, but yeah, I just, Gordon is somebody who uh, with that maturity level and with the, the health issues that this team is ultimately going to face. And something we're going to be talking about a lot in our post-game podcast is the injury. Eric Gordon's going to be one of those players who's going to have to be a vital linchpin to ensure that this team can be productive moving forward and sustain and survive a lot of those injuries that are occurring. Oh yeah, he will. And he um, was a squeaky toy in the back. Yeah, that's Brooklyn with a, sque- a squeaky <laughs> yeah. toy. Brooklyn want to say hi. She's our biggest yeah. fan. Hey, our biggest fan. We are a little bit early tonight, so I play time for her right now. Yeah, I just got done uh, hitting. I, I like to hit her toys in the backyard with a golf club, like a got like a sixty degree out there, and I just hit her toys because bending over. Am I right? <laughs> Were were you there for Utah Watanabe? Some of it, yeah. Some of it. Utah the Shooter. Not gonna that's lie, that's like one. that's, that's like my favorite drop. Ever, yeah, yeah. Right? And Thomas <laughs> said there was one that needed work. Um, I think it was Grayson Allen, but that's the best part. Sometimes about the drops is they're corny work but leave it I, that's why i like them but that that was so good dude. yeah uh yeah I shoot saw, <laughs> i saw a little bit of them um i think the best takeaway was him just saying how lazy he is when he doesn't he, want to do anything after practice or anything he said so, he's super lazy so let me bring up his audio yeah um so uh definitely like one of the reasons why 
I signed with the Phoenix is a, is him. Uh, I really enjoyed playing with him. Um, you know, he's a great teammate, uh, great guy, great leader. So you know, um, after he got traded, I was uh, I was actually really sad. Uh, but I want, I'm glad that I have uh, another opportunity to play with him. And uh, we have uh, we have a good chemistry. We played really together last year in Brooklyn. So um, you know. So Yuta Watanabe, obviously really excited to come and play with Kevin Durant again. Talks about the chemistry. Uh, Thank you, Kevin Durant, for coming here because we get a player like Yuta Watanabe. And then he did go on to say, as you mentioned, Matthew, how if he's not playing, he's lazy. He just wants to sit around. His wife, you know, they just moved and, and she wants to go do all these things. And he's just like, he just wants to sleep in bed. Like, Yuta Watanabe is my fucking spirit animal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy now. No, fucking yeah. love him. Yeah, I was excited because I think I went to the restroom and I came back. I think you were eating with Dave. Um, mm-hmm. at that time but um i i had to see him just because i was so interested in his game this year obviously um but he he brings a lot of that good energy just not after practice he's not gonna bring that energy um for his wife so sorry at least we get it all right <laughs> we get the we good get, side of him <laughs> we get all the energy from him yeah. so um were you out there uh, when bowl bowl was there when he walked in yeah okay Look! What did he say? <laughs> I wasn't there for um, bowl. So I, was, I saw him walk I was, by. I was eating. eating. Yeah, I, that's when I went to go eat because I was hungry. I'm like, oh, yeah, they do have food. Because I thought it was going to be on the other. When you first walk out there, they had a little ledge. I thought it was going to be there, but yeah, it was on the bar. Room. Anyways, um, so I just heard, you know, they asked him about the point guard situation or playing a center. Um, and he just was like, I can do both or whatever. So that was the one thing I saw. It seemed like it was over quick just because he's kind of short answer. Like he just yes. was like, let's just get this over with. Yes. Um, so as soon as I came back out of the bathroom, I got my food. He was already walking out. So I think that was a super quick interview. So so what I've seen of his interview, again, I hate to be the guy who's just like kind of, I, I wouldn't say I'm anti bull bull, but like I, I'm waiting for him to impress me. But as you mentioned, short answers, uh, non-committal answers. Are you a big, are you a point guard? Yeah, I'm kind of both, you know, just like, not engaging yeah. like we talked about the candidacy and the engagement and like bowl bowl was just not it's just again this is somebody who grew up around the game i don't think he's like like i don't yeah, feel like he's overly impressed with it and wanna, it's yeah. a chore like and that's that's mm-hmm. my concern with bowl everybody else is like yeah. yeah let's go like this is awesome i've never been on a greater team and bowl just like yeah i don't kind of don't know who i am and what i am but i'm tall so here i am <laughs> You, you definitely feel that from him. I don't want to like, I hate like talking about these guys. Like, I know, oh, this I is know. my impression of them. You know what I mean? But the impression is just like, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm just kind of here. And um, I have other interests. He just seemed kind of like, I just want to do other things. That's what it seemed like. Um, he he's seemed kind of timid by the situation. Obviously, a little more of a shy guy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. He, and that's fine. But I just, he, the whole situation just seems like, eh, I have nothing really to talk about. You know what I mean? There's nothing that really impresses me about the game of basketball. I'm not, no, I don't seem too interested, but it might change on the court. Who knows? That's just first impression of seeing him. Yeah. Again, we'll have to see as uh, the season progresses. I know a lot of people are very, very, very up on and high on on Bull Bull, and um, he's great on 2K. It's, I, I got to see it, though. That's crazy. In, you know? To see him in person, yeah, he's super tall. Yeah. But he's just so thin. It's like 
I almost totally, he's he like floats. It's like a ghost. Like it's seriously like he's like what weighs like a hundred pounds or something crazy. Well, like like, like I was eating at a table and he was walking by to head to the yeah. presser, and I almost just like checked him just to move him off his spot, just just to prove a point. Like, hey man, yeah. like you that that's why you're not a center, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, no, you uh, can barely like Corey yeah, Flynn says Bull Bull is not a plethora of information. It sounded like a dummy on 98.7 FM. See, I kind of uh, feel bad. I just feel I like, too. like uh, I wanted to do something well. different there with him. It's just um, there's just something different. I don't want to get into it or anything, but it's just it's something different. I don't have a drop for Chimetsi Metu, but I really enjoyed his interview as well. Another very candid thing, you know, playing for the Nigerian team, talking about uh, their Independence Day was yesterday. And again, yeah. being somebody who played with the Sacramento Kings last year, felt that and he said, he's like, I came to Phoenix because I know I'm going to have the opportunity to play and be on a team that's going to be nationally spotlighted. So he's he, Chimetsi Metz, he's one of those players who's looking for that opportunity. He's fighting for that opportunity. Uh, he said he doesn't care if he plays the four or five as long as he plays. He just wants to play. And he wants to play in Phoenix because he's going to have an opportunity to be in the spotlight and, and potentially get a bag out of this if it all works out for him. And that's the kind of players you want right now. You want the competitors. That's why it was very interesting to see, as I mentioned earlier, you have Eric Gordon who's kind of the elder statesman you know, kind of very elegant and, and, and straight to the point. And then everybody else is kind of just like, you know, the young guys on this team, you know, quote unquote, young guys all have four or five years in the league. Uh, he's one of those ones who is going to be fighting and is going to make life hell for the, his fellow teammates in practice. Yeah. That was the one thing that excited me about him. I'm um, just his quotes coming out of Sacramento. He just definitely wanted more time to play and he wants to prove himself. Uh, took Mikhail Bridges number, number 25 friends with him. Uh, so you kind of saw from his quotes and stuff, you kind of see think of him as more. Well, well like number number twenty five is not Chimetsi Metu. Oh my bad, he's number four. My bad, dude. Oh my gosh, you're, dude. You're talking about Nasir Little. Yeah, I am. Who I'm I did bad. not, I did not see. I was eating. Okay, but Metu, I do remember. My bad. So they kind yeah, of he's together there. He's he's um, the one who referenced Josh Okogi because they've played in the Nigerian. National yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he seemed a little bit more goofy than I thought, um, just because the yes. quotes that I heard come over Sacramento, he just seemed more serious more stubborn in a way, but he kind of seems more laid back up there answering questions. But that's the best thing about him is he's going to probably like not, you know how I said like Grayson now might jump the line a little bit. He might be one of those guys too on this team. We hope so. We hope so. Any, any other takeaways that you want to talk about anything, you know, about this experience in its totalities. We prepare for the sun's first game, which is Sunday. They play in Detroit against Monty Williams on Sunday. That's when we're going to be doing our first live post game podcast right back here on planet orange, kicking off the new season. Uh, anything else that, that you noted funny little stories that you want to share from media day today, Matthew? No, I mean, uh, nothing crazy, man. I just sat there. I went to the bathroom a few times, ate some food. Um, it's cool to walk around. Like we were talking there, like there's just, you know, all the radio guys, all the writers that you've pretty much followed your whole life. Some of them, you know, um, and obviously the players and stuff, it just seems like a very welcoming place. You might think like, Hey, I'm kind of starstruck, but it's just when you're there, it's just like, okay, maybe cause I'm older now. I think if a kid me, of course I'd be freaking <laughs> out, but like now that I'm older, like things like this, they're awesome. But like just to be around players and stuff, it's not like, I don't know. I don't get weird about it. I don't care as much. I think maybe Booker, yeah. I would definitely drop my pants or something. But that, other <laughs> that <makes> <laughs> well, I had, to, I, I had to stop you. I mean, um, yeah, I, I was B- Booker. That's why I wore like, a belt. Down, I'm, that's I'm why like, I wore down. a belt, dude. <laughs> down, Matthew. Down. Settle, settle down. No, again, I think you know, uh, in its totality, I do love the media day passes with that logo on it. It just looks nice. Yeah, I'm gonna hang mine from my mirror. 
Yeah, I'm like gonna put a, mine on my, on my fridge. On my fridge, I'm gonna hang it from my. Oh, your mirror in your car? Oh, my car. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. Oh, my. I just said my mirror. <laughs> your, your cocaine mirror? Like which yes. one are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, I wish. Um, I mean, again, Media Day is as as I like to equate it as a uh, in a piece that I wrote for Brightside. The the off season is like a pregnancy. And there's a bunch of transactions and it's developing and it's not until media day that the birth happens and the organization shows off the fruits of that pregnancy. Right. And that's what it felt like today. If a, a new birth, a, a new, especially with DA moving on, you know, we're clearly in a new chapter now. Like that narrative is done. The narrative has been changed and it, it's changed to done. And as much as I want DA to be successful with the Phoenix Suns, and I was hoping that he could turn it around, our, our, our first and only number one overall pick, it just didn't work out. And ultimately, he didn't want to be here. They didn't want him here. They wanted somebody who could fit and probably not have any ego issues. They got that in Nurkic. Uh, Drew Eubanks, by the way, was great, too. Uh, I loved listening to Drew Eubanks. Oh, he was awesome. You he know who was reminds fantastic. me of really quick? He reminds huh. me of um, the guy from, you ever seen Without a Paddle? Um, no. He's a okay. I don't even know, but he his mannerisms and stuff. He kind of reminds me like he's in a comedy or something. Yeah, minus yeah. the fact that he's a brick fucking shit house. That guy's he's, he's huge, probably man. Be our starting center, dude. That guy's fucking huge, man. Yeah, they're well. Him and Nurk are just like yeah. Do you feel like just really quick? Do you feel like he's really excited that Nurk is back? I think <laughs> I'm just like, saying because if you have to play behind Nurk and Nurk is like your guy you're playing with i feel like nurk is just a fucking asshole probably to him that's why <laughs> that's why it seems like eubanks is more of like kind of a nerdy not quiet but just kind of to himself kind of guy it seems like and nurk just seems like just a prick he's that's out I, he's, he's outgoing and razzing you and you're like dude stop fucking flicking yeah me. like you know like wet willies and stuff that's yeah, what i just picture he's like damn he's back he he played it good he's like oh i'm excited he, he brings the best out of me i'm like i'm sure he does i'm sure he does <laughs> Oh man! I mean, it was just a Blaze Megatron in the chat. He's like, I imagine Voida and Lucy oh, yeah. walking around their landings like Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. Yes. And shout out to Blaze. Uh, he said a little bit earlier. Update: The Pies won the grand finale. Suns next. So congratulations Congrats to the Pies to the for pies. Blaze. Uh, really excited for you. And, and yes, Sun season is now upon us. Uh, training camp starts tomorrow, and obviously, like I said, Sunday. The games start, although they don't count yet. We have, uh, I think, five preseason games, four or five. Yeah. Um, but be, be sure, Jamsters, to tune in right here after every game. Uh, I think I'll be going to Tuesday's game against the Denver Nuggets to kind of feel out what that experience is like covering it uh, live there. But I'll be coming live uh, f- for you guys from the stadium. It's going to be super exciting. Really looking forward to that experience and just getting to know what it's like to actually cover the team uh, that close and try my best not to call Booker Big Dick Booker to his face because uh, he might slap me with that thing, and I don't want that. That'll leave a bruise. Drop it on your foot. Yeah. Oops. Oh, shit. <laughs> there goes my third metatarsal. So on that note, Jamsters, we appreciate you taking a little time out of your day with us. And, again, if you're listening to this, thank you. If, if you're watching this and you're like, hold on, these guys go live earlier uh, and you're watching us again, thank you so much, man. Thank you for the support. Uh, we're really looking forward to a fun season. I think that this is kind of a great kickoff to what lies ahead. So thank you for your time and support. Make sure you do your best to support the channel. And the way to do that is to follow the show, to subscribe, to hit that little bell notification that lets you know when we go live. Because when you do those kind of things, it lets other people know. And the algorithms work on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, tells them where to find the best post-game podcast and Phoenix Suns coverage on the internet. Uh, that's like this, which I hope is like nothing else. Uh, but until 
was it Wednesday? We're going to come to you Wednesday. We're going to be uh, talking with members of the Portland Trailcasters podcast, talking about obviously Nurkic and Little and Keon Johnson. And I'm sure they have some questions about DeAndre Ayton. So that should be a quite an interesting uh, show. So please tune in on Wednesday. Uh, until then, Matthew. From the family. credit card bill.